Welcome to the Multifamily Five, where industry experts provide raw information about how they are achieving success in the current market conditions. And now, your host, Dallas-based real estate broker, Mark Allen. And welcome to the Multifamily Five. It's your host, Mark Allen from Greystone Investment Sales Group here in Dallas. And today I have with me Robert Martinez from Rockstar Capital, uh, principal, owner, founder. Robert, how are you doing? Man, I'm doing well. How are you, man? All is well. It's I said it's business as usual here in Dallas-Fort Worth. We've, we've uh, got some deals falling apart. We've got some deals we're putting together. Um, so it's just business as usual over here. Um, everyone's healthy. Everyone's happy. So uh, we're, we're crunching forward. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so what's going on? Tell me a little bit about yourself and your company and how you started and where you're at today. All right. Well, again, my name is Robert Martinez. Um, I got into real estate back in 2007. Uh, before that, like everybody else, I went to school. I got good grades. I went to a good school. I went to Texas A&M. I, I graduated with an engineering degree and I went okay. to school in the oil, and then I went to work in the oil and gas industry. And I, I was, you know, I went, I went in, I took the sales route. And I was really good at it. Uh, I, I would win the contest. I would win whatever uh, metric they wanted us to achieve. And then what would happen is, you know, as in corporate America, they want you to make here, but you want to make here. And so they start to monkey with your commission plan. And so with that residual business that you're creating doesn't come back the next year because they give it to John, to John or to Joe or to Paul who's struggling, right? And they want you to go and take their territory and rebuild it or, or build it up the way you did your previous territory. After two or three times of that happening to me, I realized that this wasn't the right game for me. Um, I realized I didn't have, I, it was really an epiphany one day that I realized I didn't have uh, the control on my on my financial future. My employer did. He controlled what kind of vacation I was going to lead. He controlled the kind of car I was going to drive, the kind of schools my kids were going to go to. And really, ultimately, when I would become financially free. Mm -hmm. um, and so many people, I think, get in the workforce and they don't think about the word, the, the phrase financially free. They think about, I'm going to go and I'm going to invest in my 401k and I'm going to uh, uh, retire. And when I get to 65, I'll have a million dollars in the account. Mm -hmm. That's pretty much what, what was explained to me when I got in the workforce back in the, the late 90s. Um, I think that's probably still what's being explained to a lot of people today. Um, that didn't work for me once I realized that that game was flawed. Uh, it's fixed and there's a certain rules of the game. And I think people don't understand the rules of the game. It's meant for the corporation, not necessarily for the everyday guy. Um, so when I realized that that wasn't for me, I needed to find a way to supplement my income. I was growing my family. Uh, we were just about to have our second child. And I needed to find that that missing income that was missed, that, that my employer was taking from me in the redistribution of my, of my future earnings. Mm -hmm. And so I stumbled onto real estate. Uh, I listened to a real estate uh, podcast that was on, um, or a radio show that was on every day here in Houston. And after a couple of years of listening to that, I decided, you know what, I want to go check this out. Now's the time. I'm 32 years old. It's the best time. And, you know, if there's ever a situation where I can get up and go, here it is right now. So I went to go there and I thought I was going to buy single family houses. I went to the Saturday, um, Saturday all day seminar thinking, wow, this is great. Everything I ever wanted to know about how to own a rent house. Uh, I'm going to buy three or four of these, probably make anywhere from, I don't know, 500 to maybe twelve, fifteen hundred $1,500 a month in income. That'll solve all my problems. <laughs> then I joined, go to Sunday and I learned about multifamily and my mind changed. It was literally like that Morpheus moment in the matrix where you want the red pill or the blue pill. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I took the blue pill. And once I did that, it changed my, my perception of my, of how the world works of how future earnings work. I never imagined there was an opportunity for me to, buy an apartment complex, I could literally 
changed my financial future and ultimately has changed my financial tree, my, 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 my family tree. Um, and it, it's been an amazing ride. Uh, I bought my first deal um, w- with a partner. He and I syndicated the deal back in uh, December of 2007. Um, between 20, 2007 and 2011, uh, we ran 2,000 units and completed three 100% cash out refinance events during the recession. Um, he and I had a split of parting of ways. And in 2011, I started Rockstar Capital. And every year we've been adding to our portfolio, one deal a year, one deal a year. And then it started to go two deals a year. Then it was three deals a year. Then it was two really big deals. And then it was four small deals. And it just, we kept adding. Um, today we have 21 communities across Texas, uh, just under 3,800 units with an asset value of 380 million. Um, I'm the country's only two-time national independent owner of the year. And our company has won 17 city, state, national apartment associations of the uh, uh, two, 17 city, state, apartment associations, but our really claim to fame is that since 2011, we've done 12 100% cash flow refinances because of what I learned in that original seminar. I learned the magic formula. Uh, I learned NOI divided by cap rate equals valuation. And when you master that formula, you can change the valuation of that apartment complex. And I think we're really good at moving that needle. Yeah, that's great. So you're doing much larger deals today, you mentioned. Uh, when I when you first started, I assumed that you were probably just raising from friends and family. That yeah. capital. How has your capital stack changed today? Or really, yeah, maybe I should ask, where's your equity coming from? Yeah, it still is friends and family. Well, I call it country club money. I've yet to go out there and spend a single dollar uh, to raise capital outside. It's been mostly from that real estate club that I was once in, and now. It's by it's word of mouth. You know, people hear about our returns. They hear about the the kind of success that we've had, the performance that I think is is un, is is unparalleled by most others that have been in the market as long as I have. And so that word of mouth has led to uh, future investors that have come. I mean, every every week I have an email, or two, three emails. I have people signing up for the investment portal. So I really haven't had to do any kind of uh, fundraising per se. The money's there. I put it on the portal and people snag it up. And typically like our last raise, I think we did it like in 72 hours. I mean, it was done. We raised like $7 million. It was really, really fast. Wow. Well, I can tell, I mean, just from talking with you two times and uh, just checking out your website and whatnot, that you and your team are really good at branding and marketing. Um, Yeah. yeah, And and, and a little bit on that. I I think everybody needs to learn that. You know, I think uh, some of my sales background has helped me learn that. I mean, I came from a a background where if I didn't kill, I wasn't going to eat tonight. And that was a commission sales background. Well, that's true in the apartment world. You got to stand out. You know, about 36 months ago, I I went back and I I said, you know what? I want to grow to the next level. I need to get where I want to be. How am I going to do that today? And I went and I, did, I invested in myself, just like I invested back in 2007 to learn real estate. I needed to invest in, two, in you know, three years ago to learn how to market today, how to use social media, how to brand today. And I got a chance to sit down with Grant Cardone and Gary Vaynerchuk, and I got some amazing tips from them on how, on how to separate myself from the noise. Yeah. Yeah. The first time I met you, actually, I hadn't even met you yet, but I saw a cameraman following you. I'm like, who is this guy? I need to know this guy. Uh, <laughs> So anyways, you know, other than branding and marketing, what do you think separates you from some of the other owner operators that uh, you typically compete with in Houston? You know, the secret to real estate is the people and it always will be the people. And I think I have a really good way of understanding how to get into the head of the people that work with me. I'm very big on giving my people, my family, uh, the majority of the relationship. You know, they need to know that I'm there for them. And typically when I'm in, see, nobody joins my company if I don't interview them. We had a maintenance man who's going to be joining our company this week. He had his third and final interview with me and I'm there, I'm there listening to his answers, trying to understand who he is, making my feedback, 
But at the end of the day, you know, I got to say, what's important to you? And when I understand what's important to you, then I can see if I can help them get that. And they realize that when you invest in them, that you put their feelings and their thoughts into your own head and you're, you care, you know, then you make it, then you try to help them achieve those goals. Typically what happens is they want to help you achieve your goals. And so I think at Rockstar, you know, like we have 110 staff and I only have probably three that have a college degree. Mm. Uh, and it's because I don't look for college degree first. I look for mm. attitude. I look for heart. I look for uh, uh, the way they think. And I, my thought process is, is that I don't want someone to quit on me when times are tough. And right now is a great opportunity. Like I'm actually smiling right now because I feel vindicated on a lot of the things that we've been working on for the last three years. But more importantly, I haven't had one person who said they don't want to come to work. Yeah. I haven't had one person who said, we're not going to be there. We understand what our role is. We understand the importance of this business. And thank you for keeping the, the doors open so we have a job. You know, yesterday I, I, they, they woke up to a video from me uh, um, and it was a thank you video. And letting them know that I'm understanding of the situation that they're in. I'm understanding of the, of the situation we're all in and the Herculean efforts that they're going through on a day-to-day basis to take care of our staff, to put themselves at risk. And I gave them, I gave them a, cash, a cash bonus. I said, at the end of this week, each of you will have a $250 check in your account from a special payroll run. That was un, unexpected, un, not required, unnecessary. But it's something that I felt I had to do right now to help them with those extra expenses. They may not have lost any hours, but we've all had to spend extra expenses. We all have kids at home right now. We all have had to go to the grocery store. And I needed, needed them to know that I'm there with them. And again, those are the things that I like to do for my team that separate me from everybody else so that they, they can continue to come here and want to be with me long-term because the consistency is the strength of the business. Yeah. Like Jim Collins and good to great. It's all about the, the people yeah. that you have on the bus and in the right seats. Um, have you always managed your own properties? Absolutely. Going back to 2007, when I got in my first deal, I literally sat in the assistant manager chair for months. I mean, really, you could say I sat there in the manager chair for, for, for three years, but I sat there learning the business. I never went third party. I don't like third party. I don't think third party is going to put the heart into it that I get out of my own team, that I get out of, out of my own efforts mm-hmm. they don't have, because they don't have skin in the game. It's just a job for them. You know, one of the things that we separate at Rockstar is that I have multiple employees, multiple staff that invest in our deals. And in fact, or at the beginning of the year, I put them all together and I said, hey, I want you all to invest in these next deals. I get them all for 401k because I don't believe in the stock market, thankfully, right? I don't believe in the stock market. I didn't lose money in 07. I didn't lose money a month ago when the market crashed. But for everybody here, I'll give you an opportunity to invest in this apartment complex or in all future apartment complexes. If you can come up with $5,000 on your own, I will match you $5,000. Now you have $10,000. You've already won. But I want them to win more because you know as a broker how the NOI works in apartments. Mm-hmm. We just sold a deal in December that we bought in 2012. We made 693% return in a seven-year horizon. <laughs> That's around a 96% IR. What if I had a staff member that put money into that deal in 2012? They put $5,000 into that deal. I matched it. Now they had 10000 That 10000 turned into $69,000 later on, and seven years later. Doesn't that help people out? Doesn't that change their situation? Don't they remember that? Those are the things that I try to do, with, uh, that I try to do at Rockstar Capital. To people want to stick around here longer because they know I'm going to help invest in them. Yeah, that's awesome. That's great. So let's shift a little bit to uh, COVID-19. I know I'm kind of getting worn out talking about it, but um, it's a hot topic uh, for the obvious reasons. What strategies 
are you implementing right now? We'll start with operations. So what strategies are you implementing right now um, to not only help collect rent, uh, but also lease units easier? Well, number one, I'm not the type of person that waits for things to happen to me. I'm very proactive. I take the fight to somebody else. And I realized three years ago after visiting with Gary and with Grant that we had a weakness, right? There were holes in my business at the time that I wasn't even aware of. We have positions and technology today that didn't even know existed three years ago. One of the things, one of the things that they always like to say is come up with a way to put yourself out of business and then as if you're, as if you're a competitor and then now come up with a defense against it. And I was like, it's really scary moment when you come to that and you're like, wow, I can't do this. What happens if the doors close? Well, if you go back to the Blockbuster and the Netflix story, what happened to Blockbuster? If you don't know that story, Netflix showed up in Blockbuster's big boardroom. You can, you can imagine the setting, all these big white-haired guys sitting around there listening to this entrepreneur guy at Netflix saying, hey, the future of society is going to go to streaming. They're going to go to renting videos by mail. They're gonna, they want to go to you know very, very fast, fast use society kind of mentality. And you guys are behind. No, no, no. People enjoy coming to our brick and mortar stores. They enjoy paying our high, our, our rewind fees, if you remember that. They enjoy buying a bag of popcorn on the way out and coming home and having a blockbuster night. Well, obviously, we know what happened. That didn't work for them. Yeah. But that was the trend of what was going on. What happened to the taxis? Uber killed them. What happened to, to uh, Toys R Us and the other guys? The Amazons of the world killed them. Well, I don't want to be killed. I want to survive. I want to be here in the future. So I realized back then that we had holes in our business. So I didn't have a chief of marketing. My marketing director, was, my marketing was like flags and banners and flyers. Mm-hmm. That, that's what we did. I didn't even have a website until, 20, until the end of 2014 because I bought a property that had a website. Mm-hmm. I was really behind the curve. I think a lot of independent owners at that time were probably behind the curve. And I said, you know what? I got to learn this. So I recruited somebody uh, that was at a, at a company that with over 10,000 units. And I said, hey, come show me a little bit about websites. Come show me SEO. Together, we learned Facebook. Together, we learned virtual reality. Together, we, we, we created a paperless environment where all my rent has been collected online only for the last 24 months. Mm-hmm. All lease contracts are e-signature. Nobody, in theory, has to come to the leasing office anymore. And in fact, today, we have a property down in South Texas where we have a big contract with BP that's coming. We want to try something out. We now have smartphone, smart home features where they can, eat, where they can actually touch into the smart pad, the, the, the key to get into the door. They can talk to Alexa. They can do all these things as a trial run. Never thought that that would be something really big today. I never imagined that doing these things for the future was going to happen in March of 2020. And I'm so happy today that if you go to any of my sites, you don't have – I mean, I think, I think 12%, 15%, as if I last remember, of all of my leases right now come from traffic that find us online that never even visit the property. All they do right now is come in, they get the, they pick up their key, they meet the manager, they, they, they take a, a walk of the unit, and they move in. We're ready for this, yeah. right? So for me, I, this is a, it's a, it's a monumental opportunity for us to, again, separate ourselves from the rest of the noise. Because lots of people right now, I see them right now, they're putting on their website, they're using their phone to create their first digital um, their first virtual tour, their first digital tour. You can go into my units right now, you can go online. You can click the little halos on the ground. You can go from room to room. You can click a little, these little circles that pop up that say 360. You click on them. It takes you to the club room. It takes you to the fitness center. It takes you to the barbecue pavilion area. It takes you on a walk through the property. I think very few people in the Class B space have that. You know, I think very, very few people in the industry have that. And I'm really excited that we have that and we're ready today at Rockstar Capital. 
uh, it's business as usual. What's really changing is operationally is that we're seeing a lot of renewals. And I'm sure maybe you're hearing that from your operators as well. Yeah. Is that renewals are skyrocketing. Leases are, are, are coming down. We're still seeing, I had a property yesterday, I had three leases yesterday, three leases. I had another property that had two leases. I had a bunch that had zero, but I had, I, I had several that had one. But what I'm seeing is renewals, renewals, renewals. And if you understand how apartments work, you understand that the name of the game is not new leases. The name yeah. of the game is renewals. renewals. You want renewals because when somebody moves in, you spend a lot of money, marketing costs, um, um, the moving costs, vacancy, commissions, what have you. When somebody renews, they typically take a rent bump. Yeah. And right now is the spring leasing season. This is the time when people move out and you people, new people move in. That's not happening. Leases are down, which means people are staying and renewals are going up, which in theory, occupancy is going up. Yeah. Valuation is going up. So it's going to be really interesting over the next couple of three months how this plays out. Yeah. And I see it as an opportunity. You know, there's opportunity. You care a lot about people. I can tell that the people on your staff, but also your residents. Are you doing anything specifically? Um, because again, I think it's an opportunity to uh, uh, create resident retention yeah. um, and have people feel like they're really part of a community and that you care about them as a, and I hate the, the, the term landlord, uh, but you know, as an owner of the property. Well, again, starting 36 months ago, we started on our reputation management. You know, when people go online, they, they find a story, but that's not how it used to be. People used to show up with a apartment guidebook and they would go on a Saturday and tour 10 apartment units. And they would go and say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live here. Today, people find you online, but what are they going to find online? Before, places like apartmentratings.com were hate sites. I thought they were a hate site, right? Because it was, it was, it was littered with people who were getting evicted. Mm -hmm. Reviews from people who were parking in the handicapped spot and they're getting upset that they're getting towed and they're being, they're being asked to leave. Well, we took the fight to them. We say, well, isn't everybody happy when they move in? Then why aren't we getting a review from them? Isn't everybody happy when they renew? Well, why aren't we getting a review from them? And so we've gotten very good at pushing the review and controlling the narrative that today, as of, I think as of last week, we were ranked the number two property management company in the country for resident management, reputation management. In fact, number one and number two, according to apartmentratings.com, are managed properties by Rockstar Capital. So number one is control the narrative, right? So we feel like we've got a good situation, right? Because every day we get a ton of reviews that come in. I see everyone. I work with Jay Turner Research, and I get to see the reviews that are coming in every single day. And I read them all. Five star, five star, five star. I skim through those, but I focus on those three stars. I focus on the two stars. I focus on the one stars. And I say, why are they giving us a negative review? What are we doing? More importantly, my staff knows that I read every one of those reviews and I forward it right back to them. Even though they got the email too, they get an email back from Robert and it says, hey, what's going on here? I know there's another side of the story. Give me the situation. And there have been times when they were unaware of a problem, right? Or there were times that they are aware of a problem, but more sometimes they're not. And I bring it to their attention. So I think being proactive and understanding what your residents are saying is very important yeah. to create the relationship that allows you to talk to them today. You just can't come out of the, out of the woodwork and say, hey, you know, we want to work with you, you know, but you got to pay your rent. you got to have a rapport with them first. Mm -hmm. That's what we did. Number two, again, I took the fight to them. Hey, everybody, what's the situation? How are you guys doing your apartments? Just let you know, we may be having to close the offices next week. Are there any work orders right now that we need to take care of? Because it will be emergency based only beginning next week, meaning water, uh, electric or heating and air conditioning. Mm -hmm. When you hear that, they start sending you their work orders and you knock them out. Number two, hey, how many of you have been affected by the recent situation? Have you been let go? Have you been furloughed? We spent all last week getting a survey of what rents were going to look like this week. Mm -hmm. Then we said, hey, it's okay. We're here with you. In fact, here are some things that we know. We know you're going to get a stimulus check. 
We know that a family of four is going to get $3,600. We know that, that your employment benefits are going to be extended by $600 per week. And we send them the links. Hey, here are employers who are hiring. Hey, here are different groups that are offering financial assistance. If you have a situation paying rent, please let us know. and We will work out a rent payment schedule for you. It is a rent obligation. You still owe it, but we will work with you and not charge late fees. Mm -hmm. Those of you that can pay rent, we will give you a rent discount in May if you pay us on time. Yeah. This month. So again, instead of just kicking back and just, you know, waiting for things to happen, I like to be a little more proactive. What can we do to help them, but also help ourselves? And I guess that goes back to my staff, right? Help me help you. What's important to you? Let me help you get it. Now you can help me get what I need. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Let's roll over to acquisitions. You said you had a deal under contract. Um, obviously, we're in some choppy waters with capital markets. Um, things are changing rapidly every probably two hours or so. Yeah. Uh, so what's going on there? Well, I think deals are going to dry up real quick, Mark. And I think you're seeing that too. And it's because of the uncertainty on a lot of, on a lot of situations. It's the uncertainty of the economics of the occupancy, of the demographics. How many people in that apartment complex have lost their job? What is their ability to pay, right? This virus is testing a couple of things, actually three things. It's testing everybody's liquidity. It's testing your solvency. And it's testing what you did when times were good, mm -hmm. right? I like to use the expression wartime general and peacetime. All wartime generals know, especially guys like me that have been through the recession, you use peacetime to figure out what's going to happen during war, to prepare mm -hmm. for war. I think it's a quote from Sun Tzu. I love it. You mm -hmm. sit there when things are good, when you have a moment, right, to plan for when things are bad. Right. So you have like a little think tank. So I think it's really important to understand where your finances come in right now, too, because there's uncertainty. The market doesn't like uncertainty. Right. Brit Fannie Mae debt is really difficult right now because they're putting in a lot of these reserves. Right now, I have a refinance plan that was supposed to happen April 15th. Uh, they just came in and said, we want one year reserves P&I up front. We're like, wait, what? That's not what you said on your term sheet. Yeah. So now I've got to come up with with $1.9 million of P&I up front because they're unsure what rent's going to look like in August mm -hmm. or in September. So you have to ask yourself, okay, how bad do I want that refinance? I don't need it. I need it because I was going to pull another 100% cash out from my investors. Yeah. But you know what? If I have to wait a little bit, they'll understand because I got a million dollars sitting in our bank accounts knowing that I, I, have, I can handle this right now. So again, it's solvency, right? Each of our communities has around six months reserves right now. And I wish I could say I was planning for COVID-19. I wasn't. I was planning for the tax man. The tax man in Houston, Texas got really aggressive the last two years. And I wanted to make sure that I wasn't caught, caught uh, with my pants down in, tw in 2019 and 2020. Mm -hmm. Even though we would successfully fight these, I, you, can never, you never know what's going to happen. So I had extra reserves in there. But we can go probably six months right now without collecting a rent dollar and survive. Yeah. If we get 60% occupancy, which is, I hope is worst case scenario, we can extend that past the year. Yeah. So... Back to your, your question, though, on acquisitions and refinances. I mean, do you see what I'm saying here? There's so much uncertainty right now that, you know, I've got money hard on a deal right now. It's a smaller deal. It's a smaller equity raise. It's in a market that's very um, self-contained from this. Uh, there's, there's limited exposure to, some, to oil and gas, which is a big problem here in Houston uh, when, when, when barrel oil is around $21, $22 a barrel. Um, there's opportunities to pursue because there's significant value add there and not like in unit upgrades, but more of like, they're not charging back water. They're not charging back trash or gas. Um, they haven't changed the air conditions out in, in 30 years, you know? Mm -hmm. So those kind of deep value adds, which are easier. You've got a manager that's been sitting in a chair 20 some years. You've got an owner that's held the deal for 15 years. 
you know, to me as a no, as a buyer and probably you as a broker, I smell complacency. Mm-hmm. I smell opportunities that I don't even have to upgrade the interiors worth. You know, I don't have to go to granite countertops. I don't have to go and do these posh, posh interior items. I just got to turn this into a rockstar managed property where we take advantage of those inefficiencies and we correct them. Um, so we haven't decided we're going to do the deal or not. I've got money hard. But I've got to make sure that in my mind that I, I can put a good story for my investors and let them know my money's with it. I'm going to put this much into it. I love this deal. Don't worry about the next three to three to six months. Worry about the deal later. Get your, keep your money out of the stock market. Rely on our track record. Know that this is a recourse loan to me, right? So I'm putting all my eggs in one basket. I'm going to guard with my life. If your money's there, I'll guard, it with, I'll guard your money with my life too. Yeah. Kind of going back, talking about that refi where you'd have to keep 12 months principal and interest in, in reserves. So I'm guessing, you, you know, maybe you've talked to investors or run the numbers, but it's just not worth you uh, refinancing, holding that money in reserves and returning it to investors at a later date. Uh, you know, I don't know yet because I just got the information literally an hour ago. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm still I'm still a little angry. Right. Because I wasn't <laughs> in the term sheet. I, yeah. I was supposed to close in two weeks. And we're ready to go. We've already done the, you know, the property condition assessment. We're, you know, they're, they're, they, in fact, it was weird. They, that engineer that came out was probably the most aggressive engineer that I've seen in my 13 years of doing this. Yeah. It's almost looking like they were looking for a way to get out of it. Yeah. Right. But I'm thinking, wait, but you're a bank though. You want to lend this money. You don't get paid. The mm-hmm. government's backing it. But now they're putting all these little safeguards in place. Right. And so it's like, well, I don't know if it's worth it. I don't know if that provision is going to be there in December or January. Mm-hmm. So why let somebody have my 1.9 million when I can give that back to my investors? I don't need to. We're at 94%. We're great. It's a, it's a 276 unit property cash flow for my investors around 175,000 a quarter. You know, I, I don't, I don't think we need to, we're not, there's no gun to our head. Right. So I just need to make these, the good steward um, decision on, do I do it now or do I do it later? Right. I'm not sure. I'm going to have to read sleep on it and think about it. Is that a Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac loan? I think it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a Fannie Mae loan. Okay. Yeah. Cause I did see language with Freddie Mac that I think 90 days after they lift the state of emergency uh, is when they would release uh, the, uh, that principal and interest reserve. That's uh, good. You see, I just found this out an hour ago. So we're going to have to dig a little deeper than my CIO, Sam Morris told me about the provision because it stuck out to him, but we need to, we know the devil's in the details, right? We got to get a little, right. a little deeper. Right. Well, great. All right, Robert. Well, thanks so much for joining us. What are the best way for the listeners to reach out to you or your team at Rockstar Capital to learn a little more about you? Well, number one, if you if you're if you're excited about what you just heard and this, I'm the kind of guy you want to invest with. Please go to rockstarcapital.com and sign up for our investor link. If you want to continue to get a lot more free education, like you just saw on this podcast, find me on Instagram at Apartment Rockstar. Find me on LinkedIn. We do two full size articles every single week on different things that are going on. We have an article that's posting tomorrow about how how we're handling uh, the COVID nineteen crisis. Uh, or if you just want to be my buddy, uh, find me on Facebook. Sounds good. Well, man, I enjoyed talking to you. I uh, would love to get to know you more. You seem like a great guy, transparent, uh, great business owner, um, and you really care about people. So that's awesome. Um, thanks for joining us, everyone. And Robert, we'll catch you on the other side. Hey, thanks so much, Mark.